If a man doesn't like you, he can't be motivated by you. He has to be motivated to want to spend his time with you, spend his money on you, call you, date you. See, when a man is really motivated by you, you get, hey, babes, you all right? Don't worry. I got it. Let's go get ready. I planned this just for us. I brought you this just because. See, when a man is really motivated by you, his whole objective is to spend time with you, learn you, get to know you, take care of you, please you, explore the possibilities of starting a future with you. When a man is unmotivated by you, his whole objective is to avoid you, ghost you, abandon you, dismiss you, disappoint you because he's not motivated when it comes to you. Motivated versus unmotivated. Learn the difference. A man has to be motivated by you in order to do right by you. You can hear me before you see me. I got King Kong in the trunk. King Kong, King 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 Kong, King King Kong, King 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 Kong. You can hear me before you see me. You can hear me before you see. You can hear me before you see me. I got King Kong in the trunk. King Kong, King 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 Kong, King King Kong, King 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 Kong, King King Kong, King 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 Kong. Yo, 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 it's JP on the FWM Podcast. Follow me, the Diary of the Strong Black People. I'm here again in the rabbit hole, and I got a real special guest for you guys today. And I'm I'm very, very excited um, to bring him in into the rabbit hole so you can meet him. Um, he reached out to me about a week, in, a week ago, and he was listening to the content and he reached out and he was he, he he only just said, hey, man, I'm interested in being on your podcast. And I was like, hmm, just just that was just the message. I want. Hey, are you interested in having me on? And um, and I went to look at a video and a link that he sent me and just watching just the first few seconds of his video, man, um, being the 19th child of 21. Um, and 21 kids, guys, like his mother birthed 21 kids. And, and that's just a true testament to a strong woman, a strong black woman. Um, and he had, he's an author of a book. Um, he tells his story to everybody. He's an inspiration to people. That is his mission. And I'm so glad to bring him into the rabbit hole so you guys can meet him. Um, and without further ado, um, Mr. Paul Lamar Hunter. Hey, thank you for having me on and inviting me into this rabbit hole because your listeners are going to be shocked about the Hunter family. And let me get started because my mother is the first woman in history, in history to birth 21 natural children by my father, 17 of us living today, 63 grandchildren, and 87 great, great grandchildren. It's just amazing to see us active and living in 2023 and making change in people's lives. Okay. Um and 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 for real, man, that that is that that is amazing, bro. Like for real, for real. Like we're okay. So first of all, where are you originally from? I am originally from Racine, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is known for the Milwaukee Bucks, also the Green Bay Packers, and the Milwaukee Brewers. So um, all of my siblings, I have to put this out. 
my mom, my dad, and all of my siblings and my grandchildren, they are in love with the Green Bay Packers. I am the only 49ers fan Ooh. in the family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's that's divided, man. And that's a lot, that's a lot of that's a lot of people against you too, bro. <laughs> oh, most definitely. That's the reason why I tell people that um physically I was born in the city of Racine, Wisconsin, mm. but spiritually I was born in San Francisco, California. <laughs> <laughs> so where are where are you now? I am in San Antonio, Texas, because my um, four adult children are here in San Antonio, Texas, and I have one beautiful granddaughter, Chloe Grace Martin. So I am here in San Antonio, Texas. This is my new home. It has been my home since um, 2010, and I'm going to continue to live here. Okay. So give give me give me a little background of how 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 was it you know with that many kids growing up because right now right now you know in 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 the generation that we see now um you have a lot of mothers they they don't they they're raising one or two kids three kids maybe uh, right now the most we see sometimes is eight. And that's and that's a stretch, but you know more so we see anywhere from four, five, six, up into eight. Um, I'm 33, so you know that's what I see. But to have 21 kids, man, like how how was that? I can tell you this: in the Hunter family, we were absolutely. Let me share a story with you, a true American story. My mother was pregnant with the 14th child. My mother and father and my siblings at that particular time was living in a two-bedroom house. The sheriff came knocking at the door one day. The sheriff told my mom and father that they had 72 hours to vacate because it was too many people living in that two-bedroom house. That night, my mom and dad went to church. They prayed. They, they, they talked with the preacher. The next day, a miracle happened. A man showed up, knocked on the door. He had an unexpected gift for my mom and dad. He took my mom and dad to go show them an 18-bedroom house, which he did. My mom and dad saw the house, fell in love with this beautiful home, but they did not have the money to purchase the home. The man said, all I want is $1. Do you know my mom and dad did not have four quarters, did not have one dollar did not have 100 pennies to give this man. This man went into his wallet and gave my mom that one dollar so he can pay, so they can pay him the dollar for this house. That house was a miracle house for my mom and dad and for the Hunter family. I was born in that house. So when you look at the Hunter family story, you're going to find out it was about rejection to redemption from hurt 
to love, from loss to found, from loser to winner. And so we today, as the Hunter family, we are a winner because miracles after miracles had happened to the Hunter family. And that's the reason why I'm here and sharing it with you because some of your listeners right now might be facing eviction, might be facing disconnection from electricity, might be facing lack of food. And I'm here to tell you, somebody is going to come and knock at the door and give you some gifts. So that way you can survive for another day. Okay. Okay, so when he came with the he came knocking at the door. Um so you're number 19. So you said this was 14. She was on the 14th one. So what year was So she was pregnant with the 14th. Okay. So what year was this? I I can't recall the year. Okay. But I just know that she was pregnant with the 14 child. I'm the 19 child. Yeah. So <laughs> and then so so and and you had so okay with with 19 you being number 19, right? So yes. and all the way down the line. So how does it feel knowing that you're that far down the line and still able to be a big brother too, though. You have two younger siblings under you. So how did it feel for you to be an older brother? Like you have, you have older siblings, but you're actually able that far down to be a, 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 a big brother. How did that feel? Well, it really didn't feel so great because the 20th child mm-hmm. and the 21st child, they didn't listen to me at all because we were so close. Gotcha. You know, they were they were listening to my older siblings than me. So we are basically one year apart or two years apart, and that's it. But they never listened to me. So never listened. They always gave me a very difficult time, and to this day, they still give me a difficult time. So, so they see you as an equal, but they see the other the other eighteen as their elders, pretty much. Yes, yes, they do. You. you have to understand back that in that time my back in that time yeah so as of to, as of today my uh, baby sister Lashanta Lashana Hunter she is um 50 years old the oldest child Elizabeth she's 71 you see the gap between that yeah <laughs> yeah, so she pretty yeah. much so she tell her so she answer her yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you have to understand, my sister, that's the baby in the family, the twenty first child, in the twentieth, uh, the twentieth child. They are really, really close with me, but the problem lies that. When we were being raised by mom and dad, some of my older siblings had to stay behind to babysit us. So now that we are older, you know, my oldest, my my younger siblings, you know, especially the 21st and the 20th, they want to get back at my older siblings because my older siblings used to spank us. You understand when we got out of here? 
you know, it's time to do homework. We used to hate doing homework. We used to hate doing chores. But our old, older siblings, what they were doing at that particular time was laying a foundation because one day you're going to get old and you're going to have to learn how to cook, how to do chores, how to take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a lot of chaos, you know, in the house. Were you, yeah, but were, it, were, it was fun. Were you fortunate enough to uh to have your grandparents? Uh my my grand my grandmother um died when I was like uh six years old. I remember that. I was six years old when my grandmother uh, passed passed away. So I only had six years with my um uh, grandmother, grandparents, and also your, I only had your father. Years with my, with your father, with my yeah. father. I, and I, that I was going there next, man. And um, because you spoke about you know your dad with fourteen kids, man, that's remarkable to have your father still there, and you know, be in that in that time and that time period, and where dad broke. The father was still able to be there and he was a father to make sure that there was structure put in place with, with his kids. He never left his wife. He was making the babies. So he was going to make sure he took care of the babies. And that means, you know, all your other siblings had a, a pretty much a, a good bit of life with your father. You know, if you said you only had eight years, you got 19 of them before you, uh, 18 of them before you. So, just imagine how many years they had. Some of them had 13 years. Some had, and most of them he watched graduate, you know, from high school or and stuff like that or become adults to get their first jobs and stuff like that. They, he watched them do that. Um, how much did that growing up with after eight years old, was it a struggle of not having that dominant father figure? Or was it was it a difference of not having the structure of your quote unquote father, or did it not miss the beat because you had older maybe male brothers that had already been there, done that, and they just took the lead to do it like that? Well, I have to be uh, honest. Um, um, it took the breath out of the Hunter family, mm. and because my father was the breadwinner in the family. My father was the rock. And you cannot replace your father. You cannot replace your mother. There's something about your mom. There's something about your dad. So my brothers and sisters, they tried. They were just a arrogant parent at that particular time. I grew up with anger issues. Mm. I grew up with resentment because my father wasn't there. I saw kids interacting with their father. Um, I saw children going on field trips with their father. And my father was deceased. But I told myself when I was young, I never forget, I was about 10, 11 years old. And I told myself that when I have children, that I'm going to be there for my children. I'm going to go on field trips um, with my children. I'm going to do homework with my children. I'm going to spend ample time with my children. And I said to myself, I'm going to outlive my father. My father died when I was eight. My father was 42 when he died. I'm 52 years old. I outlive my father. Like I said, I was going to outlive my father. And I 
really outlive my father. Uh, by the grace of God, I'm still here today. And so um, the things that I wasn't able to do with my father, I was able to do with my children. And that right there is a blessing for me. So did once you, okay, because I mean, as a child, you don't really understand much or anything like that. But as you begin to become an adult, the anger issues, the resentment, and to see other kids have their fathers, um, did you, as a child, did you get it or did you not get it until you kind of was an adult that you started to think in your mind, like, well, hold on, like, it wasn't, he died, he didn't walk away. You know, most kids with fathers that's not in their life, there, they either there was a, a a a situation with the parents that they split apart. The father just decides to walk away, not being a life anymore. But your father was a strong man that his time just expired on earth, and that's just something I don't know. As a child, you can't understand. But was there anybody in your life that set? You, and I guess back then that was a time before you really was accepting of therapy or having someone to talk to you to be able to explain that. But was there anybody that sat down with you and was like, you know, it's okay because he spent all the time that he could. It was just his time to go because his time was over with, rather than making it just feel like, you know, he just left you hanging. Well, the people that was instrumental when my father had passed away were my older siblings also the deacons and the pastors from the church. They were very instrumental. But like I indicated earlier, uh, my father cannot be replaced. You know, you still will have these issues, anger issues, resentment issues, still in your heart, still in your mind. But those people really helped me out because as I became a teenager, I began to release that resentment, release that anger, and I came into a young male. And as I came into that um, young, positive male, I wanted to do everything in my power to be a productive young man in society. I surrounded myself with positive men and women, but I got rid of that because of the men and women that was involved in my life when I was young. And it really helped me to become the man that I am today. So if people are listening to this interview, you may have some anger issues. You may have some resentment of past hurts. You need to get rid of it. There's nothing wrong with seeking therapy, seeking out help from the pastors, from friends, from therapists, from psychologists. Um, like I stated, what helped me was my older siblings, the pastors, the men and women, the school teachers, you know, they, the counselors from the school, they were instrumental in my life. They helped develop me to become the man that I am today. Okay. 
So now you do have a book out uh, right now. You are an author. Um, give me some, give my listeners a little bit of um, the book and what, what drove oh, you to write the book. The title of the book is No Love, No Charity, The Success of the 19 Child. What drove me to write this amazing book is because my mother is the first woman member to birth 21 children, but also he is the secret here. My mother also is the first woman to start a homeless shelter in the city of Racine, Wisconsin, where she had helped countless men and women throughout the state of Wisconsin. So that shelter was born in 1970 when my mother was three months pregnant with me. That shelter stayed active for 45 years. And here I am, 52 years old today. So seven years ago, that shelter closed. Did you what not really inspired me? Um, what, 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 why, how did it shut? Why did it shut down? Did you, uh, was it, did you not want to take on the responsibility for it or what happened? My mother just got um, home and she couldn't do it anymore. So none of my siblings wanted to take over the homeless shelter. The name of the homeless shelter was Love and Charity mm -hmm. Homeless Shelter in Racine, Wisconsin. Also, it was a guy that was a former resident named Dennis James Woods. He was able to write my mother's book, Love and Charity, The Life Story of Louise Hunter and The Love and Charity Homeless Shelter. That book is available on Amazon and it's available in bookstores, especially Barnes and Noble bookstores. So both books have, have been adapted into a screenplay. We have signed a major deal with Tailflip. And so we are in the process of putting all of the characters together. Who's going to play my mom? Who's going to play me? Who's going to play my siblings? But the two main characters they are really focused on is my mother and myself. So the two books that I mentioned um, are books that is, it, it has great history in there about the Hunter family. It, it's, it's about the upbringing of my mother and how my mother was raised in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and how her parenting skills are totally different from my siblings' um, parenting skills and how the relationship that we had with our mother and father is totally different from the relationships that we have with our own with our own children. So the book is a paradigm shift for anyone that really goes into the store and pick it up. It's going to change your life dramatically. So Love and Charity, The Life Story of Louise Hunter and the Love and Charity Homeless Shelter. That book is written by Dennis James Woods. My book, No Love, No Charity, The Success of the 19th Child was written by me, Paul Lamar Hunter. So we got two totally different books. We got two totally different perspectives and different views, but both books are a game changer. 
Oh yeah, I I I'm definitely. Um, I looked up uh, when I watched your video. Um, I was looking up some stuff to try to find it. Um, to try to uh read uh some of it because now I I've get I've definitely started getting a lot better on opening up some books, man, and reading. Um, I have a a, a partner, man, that um he had got a a podcast that he started a while back. Shout out to you know uh Matt uh or the O Two Lit podcast. You know he started a a podcast about you know literature. He reads all the time. Um, even with that, um, he got me to actually, um, sit down and go through my first book. Now it was audio because I'm, I'm a, I, I do a lot better with just listening. Um, and I'm always busy on the move. So I'm always in the car, always in the truck. So it's much easier for me to listen to the book. I'm always working out. So I'm, I was able to, to listen to it a lot. Um, the 48 laws of power. And I was, um, I'm definitely getting better with, you know, opening up my mind. I'm on one now with the art of, uh, body language. I'm into that one right now. Um, and it's, and it's definitely interesting. So I'm, I was looking into your stuff. I want to definitely get into that. That made, I may just have to, you know, get the book and actually read that one if it's no audio part, but it's no big deal because I, I, I found some great joy in reading and literature because it relaxes me. It definitely opens up my mind and I'm, I'm definitely enjoying that. Um, so I want to definitely, I'm, in, I'm very excited to get some more information on that. My question, I have another question for you. Knowing how, you know, such a success or intriguing story that your family brings, your sisters, when any of them, you know, got married to where there was a thing where they didn't want to drop their last name. They want to either hyphenate it or never wanted to drop it at all. Cause the hunter name, the hunter last name is strong. You know, all of my um, sisters that got married, they dropped the hunter name. Could you believe it? Oh, wow. <laughs> but, and, 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 and it's interesting because I, that, that's something I wanted to know. Like as interesting as that is, man, like, I really wanted to know if they was just like, nah, this is going, we're going to be history one day and I can't, I can't lose that last name. Yeah, but once some of them got divorced, they went back to the name. Of oh, oh they're going to go back to the roots now. They are, as fast, as fast as they can sign that paperwork to say it's over, they're going right back to go ahead and pick that last name back up. So it's a win-win. That's, that's definitely great. That's definitely great. Um, now, you know, you have a, you know, you say you have a beautiful granddaughter. Um, you, you said about the child, uh, the great. So is there any great grands yet? Yes, there's great grandchildren. There's, um, like I said, 63 grandchildren and 87 great grandchildren. So, so, uh, okay. So my bad. Is there any great, great grandchildren? Because the oldest sibling is 70, is 71. So she has some grandchildren. So how yes. many? How yes, many? There is. So how there many? Is. There how, is some great, great grandchildren. How many are those? <laughs> or do you not know the, cur- only, the the number of those? There's only six of them as of today. Okay. So the legacy is growing. Still hunter. <laughs> Still hunter. Oh, sh- so it's it's went that far down. 
Still yes. hunter. So the legacy, the legacy of my mother and father is going to continue to grow. I don't think um, the name Hunter will ever change. It's going to remain the same. So, <laughs> you know, my 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 uh, uh, nieces and nephews, you know, um, they love the Hunter name. They are proud to represent, you know, the Hunter name. I mean, that's 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 a beautiful thing. Uh, let me ask you this also. Um, so are you doing on your tours that you're going up? Because again, I'm I'm definitely not the only one that you reached out that you were interested in in sharing your story with. Um, and the interview that I watched of you was five years ago. Um, so that means you've been telling this story for a while. Um, so now are you going even harder now? Because that that interview was five years ago. Are you going even harder now, or now this is your since the book is out, the word is out? Are you just kind of a little bit on cruise control, just enjoying life and enjoying the grandbaby and whatever comes along, it comes? Are you still trying to actively dive into things to be more? Or are you just kind of really relaxing a little bit because you've done so much work uh, up until this time? Well, right now I'm I'm on. And whatever comes, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to evaluate it and decide if I'm going to do it or not. But, you know, I'm spending time with my four children and my granddaughter, but I'm still out there in the community um, doing speaking engagement, uh, making um, appearances at the Boys and Girls Club, Big Brothers and Sisters, um, speaking with at-risk youth, talking about the importance of education, letting them know that their past would never dictate their future. And change is, is, is possible. All you have to do is surround yourself with positive men and women in this society. So I'm still out there active. Uh, right now, uh, I'm still sitting back, waiting on some, things, some materials to evolve so that way I can uh, get back on national talk shows because I miss being on national talk shows especially when I was uh, on a talk show called Face the Truth with Vivica A. Fox. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed her pre I enjoyed her present. I enjoyed meeting Dr. Phil and, and, and a couple other celebrities. And so uh, I will be back out uh, on some talk shows, but I'm just waiting for things to finalize where I can just fly out to New York, California, do the show, come back home to San Antonio, Texas. Hey man, you definitely a star now. You you definitely can captivate, and you know you can definitely have people gravitate to you. Also, man, like I I can I understand why you you know you enjoy it a lot, man. Um, you have a boast of energy always. Um, you're always excited. You know, I even though I don't know when you're going through things, you never really show it when you're talking to people. You you always uplifting people to, you know, keep a positive attitude, even the inflection of your voice a lot, man. It just it can pick you up. You know, when you called me earlier, you know, I was relaxing. I had just came back from being in that hot sun for a while, and I was like, man, I I just need a little time. I was like, I looked at the time. I was like, okay, I got about three hours before I get to do this. So let me relax. And as soon as I started relaxing, I got a message. You ready? I was like, oh man, this is super early. 
And then just hearing your voice, you know, and I was like, okay, well, look, you know, we early. So give me about an hour, hour and a half. Um, let me get myself together. And he was like, okay, cool. And when we hung up, I, I put the phone down and I was like, you know, just listening to your voice. I was like, man, get up. That man ready. Like, you, you, you hear his voice, he ready. Like, I know you tired, man, but... When when you start, you know you 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 he's gonna galvanize you, man, and and that energy that he give, all you gotta do is bounce off of that, you know. And and I really really enjoyed that, man. Just this short amount of time that we've talked, man, and um, and you just giving your story over and over and over again, man. Like I I've I've not gotten tired of hearing the same because you you've given the same story a million times. I it sometimes it seems like it's in the same order that I've seen from you with anybody else on interviews, but I haven't gotten tired of hearing it, you know, because you may add a little something in it or something else that you didn't put in the last time. But just hearing that someone birthed over 20 kids, man, like that, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. I, I know that that, that won't happen, you know, with technology now, um, I don't know even if that's possible now that was, that was dangerous then, but it's even more dangerous now on the simple fact of a lot of people don't take care of their body as good as they're supposed to right now. So even with the technology, I don't even believe that for 20 kids, they would be able, that would be feasible to do that. It would be very, very dangerous. But just to think about that, that a woman laid her life down, laid her life on the line. 21 times and came out alive every single time, came out with 21 healthy kids. I, I mean, you can't only the creator, God himself can only, you know, place that on in a storybook ending like that. Like that's, yes. yes. I, I, Anything could have happened when my mother gave birth to 21 children. And if you are a math person, you can break it down and say, this woman stayed pregnant for 15 straight years. 15 straight years. That woman never that, took a break. The woman never took a break. And so, you know, I would like, I, I tell people all the time, reading Women Magazine, you will discover that, you know, innovation has changed. When I was growing up, you know, they would say it takes six weeks for a woman body to fully recover. Now, Technology has changed. It is saying now that when a woman has one child, it does not take six weeks for her body to fully recover. It takes 18 months. Sheesh. 18 months for one child for her body to fully recover. So what my father was doing, he probably couldn't wait till six weeks expired. He was going right back at it. Yeah. <laughs> I, and 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 you know you can you wait at the at the number eight. There's not a, and and I and I mean not even eight. I think eight is too much. But at the number five, it's it's not it's not oopsies anymore. It's like y'all are really not minding this happening because y'all are not doing anything to prevent this. So it's like he is like you. Are you cool with like? Was there a conversation? With them saying, look, you know, as long as you're willing to bear them, you know, we can have them as long as you can take care of them. And I'm a bear them. Like, was there a discussion or was it just like, oops, we're pregnant again? 
Or what was it? <laughs> That's a question my that mother, you have in your mind also. Yeah, my mother used to always say that if God gives her the ability to birth children, she's going to have them until God says enough. And I guess God said enough with the 21st child. Because after that, it was all over. It was all over, my brother. Like it, it was all over. Like it, it, it just never, like it just completely, like it just stopped. Just, it just magically just stopped. It's, they never changed, they never changed their, their habits or the things that it just never happened again. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's interesting about it is that when I share this story with women, what women would do, they would take their hands and grab their pussy. They like, I got one, two, or three. Yeah. But 21 coming out of here? Oh, no. And then they would say to me, damn, your father must have had some good dick. Hey, I mean, I don't know. Hey, but you know, but 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 let me tell you this though. And I, I had a conversation with a friend um the other day uh about this. Um, that's just a true testament also of a woman back then, man. You know, a woman followed behind a man because she knew and she trusted that he was going to do what he needed to do. He 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 yeah. he didn't just talk it, he he showed it. He walked it, he showed it, and it was in his actions. There's nothing that you, it's nothing that anybody in the outside could have told that woman anything different about that, about her husband. For her to lay her life down 21 times and not care, not one bit. She loved that man, she trusted that man, and he gave her not one ounce of doubt that he would not protect y'all or her or let anything happen to y'all unless he died in battle with protecting. It's no other way around it. And we don't have that. We don't have that anymore. We've, we've, we've gone away from that because of social media and society just, you know, playing the games of these, you know, the new generation's mind to where we got such a divide now. So you're never going to have a woman to actually trust a man that hard anymore. I mean, there's no man in this world right now, in this new generation, as you can see, that's, you know, whether or not he's going to go out there and, and, and make the babies, but he's not going to spend the time because a lot of men, again, this generation is very selfish with their time. They want to go out, do what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. There's no, there's nobody in this generation that can have eight kids in the house and be there and just be like, yeah, this is us without any friction to where it tears them completely apart to where at some point that woman's going to be to having those eight kids by herself and he's gone. Yeah. But I'm telling you this at the age I am 52, I never been married. Um, I just been blessed to have four beautiful children, but I will never get married. And what you just said, there's a lot of people out here that are cynical, selfish, to the core, I met women that asked me for $16,000. I met um, a woman that I was about to marry. And, you know, she believes that a man should take care of a woman. And that um, 
a woman should not work. A woman should sit at home and 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 cook and clean. And they will use these words. Well, I'm a traditional woman. Well, if you are a traditional woman, why are you disrespectful toward men? Yeah, you know, it's like you don't want to, man. Let me tell you something. And this is the truth. I lost all desire to get married to a woman. I'd rather be happy by myself than to be miserable with somebody else. Because one thing I learned, either a woman can make you or break to you. be the man that God wants you to be, or she can break you. And, and that just seems in this time right now, it's more of the breaking. It's, it's yes. because it's so much of uplifting of the woman to be independent, they've given the woman this psyche to break the man down. Um, when, and especially when they can't get what they want. Um, even when you look at these political debates and things like that, or just a debate period, even a regular dialogue and a conversation between a man or a woman, you, you start to realize when you get down to the discussion, when someone feels like, they're getting at the other person and that that person feels like they're losing grip of the of the argument or whatever it turns into insults it turns into a beatdown it turns into it, 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 we don't know how to talk to each other without the breaking down of the mental the spirit and the soul of an individual to uplift yourself to make yourself to regain yourself back you have to tear someone down for it to go back even and 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 it just shows, man, that you know there's a lot of women. Women go through a lot. Don't don't get me wrong, but like you said, to just be disrespectful. But I I I I'm and I hear you talk about church a lot. You know, I hear you talk about the deacons. I hear you talk about you know just praying and stuff like that. You no, know, from the spiritual realm of life and more so just the religion part, just that part itself to just say, I'm a Christian, you know, no one, you know, the church is full of women. It's always been that way. You know, the women has always been in the church. They have always been there all the time. But the thing about it, I always tell people, you know, for you to be a Christian and to believe in God, um, for a black woman, you're the ones that's the most disrespectful to your man when it tells you to be equally yoked with your man, respect your man, uplift your man, but more so you're tearing the man down so much. You you talk back to him. I've never I've never understood that the Christianity religion and, and faith has the woman to just be able to run off at the mouth as much as she can when you don't see any other religion of women do that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But you would say I'm a God-fearing woman. I love God. I want a God-fearing man. But you want to invite a man that has that spirit of walking in the light of God and 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 striving to the perfection of the image of him, but you're but but you're 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 rebuking it. You don't really want to receive it. You say you want it, but you don't want to receive it because you feel like he's telling you what to do. You feel like you know, women want to give accountability so much to a man, but it's so hard for them to hold themselves accountable. You, you just hit it right there. It, and and it's, it right there. It's, it's, it's crazy, you know, but I, I one thing that I can say, though, you know, um, I have a daughter. Um, and as a man, I have to I still 
I have to also have a balance to where I don't raise my daughter to where she's so blinded about being so strong and independent to where she does not have the wherewithal to be able to use discernment and to be able to spiritually accept when something is good because you're so focused on if 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 I got to do it by myself that's what I'm going to do when we were created to have a equal to balance us and as the woman you are the balance you are the balance that man is there to structure you and you hold it all together he puts that foundation down and what you put on top of it you have to hold it all together and but i i hear you man about you know no desire man but we have to learn that too it's okay to be alone it's okay we we've won all these years of not understanding what a commitment of marriage and tying of the souls how important that is we just thought love prevails we just thought because we were together for eight years there got to be love because we tolerate each other but we didn't we never knew our own selves before we even got into something to try to learn someone else yes yes you know so i, I think that's a big downfall too but as long as you've been on this earth right now and the things that you've seen you know, my heart goes out to you because at the age that you are now, it, it's not doing anything but going backwards. So I, I understand why you're the way that you are. Uh, why do you feel the way that you are? You've you've lived life. You've done uh, you've done it all. You've seen pretty much all. So I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all, man. You know, at at a half, you know, fifty something years, that's half of a hundred, bro. You done done it. You all you doing right? You done done it, man. Like enjoy your life, enjoy your kids that you may enjoy your grandchildren, man. You you've done it, bro. You don't have to. You can you can entertain it, but then you also know what the amount that you can that you deserve and what you can tolerate. And don't ever let somebody make you feel no type of way again. You at the age right now to where I can't wait to get that age to where where people can look at me and be like, you know, well, bro, you know, he old, man. You know, you can't really say nothing to him, man. He, you know how old people are. I can't wait till people can say that because right now at my age right now, people look at me funny because I think and say the things that you say, but I'm so young. So I should not have the right to say that. But now when I finally get that age, they're going to finally be like, well, you know, man, he done, he old. And then they can say, well, you know, he done been that way for over 30, 40 years. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just 50, 60 years old. But you can say I've been that way for 40 years. That's going to be crazy. That's going to be crazy. Um, But I, I definitely, I definitely appreciate you, man, coming through and reaching out to me, man. Thank you, man. Because um, like I said, this is something that I've been doing for a while to um, coming up on two years now, man. And. I, I'm going to be honest. When you first hit me up, I thought you was, I thought you was fake. I thought you was a bot, man. I was like, uh, yeah, this is one of them Instagram things that they just want to get some, some money at you to, to make your followers go up. I was like, ah, nah, I'm good. But you know, once we started talking, I, I, I'm definitely grateful and appreciative that you, you know, you, you found time and you found it not robbery to reach out to me, man. And that's to be able to come together and do something, man. Um, 
I, I don't know, you know, God has favor on my life, man. I don't know what I I have done to, to you know, deserve a lot of the good things that he's given me, man, even though sometimes I know I can be better and I strive to be better. But just the things that fall into my lap and I, I just continue to tell him thank you. But you are one that I, I definitely appreciate um, coming through for me, man. I, I really do. Hey, thank you. I really appreciate it coming on your platform to share um, this positive story. So um, I just want to um, tell your listeners that um, if they are looking for a motivational speaker, uh, they can go to my website, paulamarhunter.com. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, under the name Paul Lamar Hunter. Please go out and purchase my mother's book, Love and Charity, The Life Story of Louise Hunter and the Love and Charity Homeless Shelter. That book is written by Dennis James Woods. And don't forget to get my book, No Love, No Charity, The Success of the 19 Child. I guarantee you, both books will change your lives. Yes, sir. And you guys, you heard it right there, man. That is Mr. Paul Lamar Hunter. Um, definitely go check out his book. Go check out his website, man. He got a lot of stuff on his bio. Um, he, he's giving a rundown of who he is, man. He has a lot of content, a lot of good things about himself, man. I, I really, I want to encourage a lot of people, man. Go take some time out and go research him. Um, he fell into my lap, you know, by the grace of God, man. And, um, I'm very appreciative of it. And I'm glad that he came back to be, came on to be, impactful to to you guys um so once again you are in the rabbit hole and it's jp on the fwm podcast bow with me this is my testimony everybody how god favored me in spite of my enemies and if god did it for me he'll do the same thing for you don't worry about your haters your haters can't do nothing with you listen to these words Love is felt most. Love is felt most when, when it's genuine. genuine. But I, I had my, my share, share of, love, of love abuse, abuse manipulated, manipulated, and its strength, and its strength misused. misused. And I can't help, and I can't help but to give God glory. You when I think about my story, oh yeah, y'all, I got a story to tell. And I know you favor me because my enemies, they did try, but they couldn't try over me. Yes, they did try, but it didn't work. Because the favor of God is on my life. Let me tell you about love.